Welcome to the Payments Journal Podcast, and here is your host, Ryan Mack. Welcome to the Payments Journal Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Mack. Now, I'm sure that many of you know the saying, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And in many cases, businesses subscribe to that philosophy as well. So when the payments industry at large adopts a new standard, and in this case, it's ISO 20022, we should take a pause and ask why. Now, to keep in mind that with this conversation, we're not implying that older standards are broken in that they don't work, because if that were the case, then we would have bigger problems on our hands, but it's more to say what was it about the older standards that might not line up with the needs of today and how is it that this new standard addresses those needs. So to dive deep into this topic, I'm joined by Jack Baldwin, who is the chairman of BHMI, and Steve Murphy, who is the director of the Commercial and Enterprise Payments Advisory Service at Mercator Advisor Group. So there's certainly a lot of insight and data to unpack on today's episode. So without any further delays, let's start the show. So Jack and Steve, it's an absolute pleasure to be speaking with you on today's episode where we're going to be doing a deep dive around really kind of what's all the excitement around ISO 20022. So Jack, I want to start off this conversation with you here. Perhaps maybe you can explain what is ISO 20022 and the power of this new messaging format. Well, ISO 20022, that's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> well, whatever. Yes. It, it's a worldwide standard for describing and transmitting information about financial services. And essentially, the, the primary power of the specification is attributable, at least in part, to how it was designed. So the ISO committee and the other contributors to the standard, they reviewed classes of financial transactions around the world to basically assess all of the financial services business processes to determine the flows and the data necessary to support the processes. And because not all financial business services have the same profiles, the standards committee and its contributors, they derive different domains of business areas with shared profiles. Right now, I think there are around 21 different domains of business processes in the 2022 standard, along with the messaging and the data needed to support the processes. But one of the different differentiators between 2022 and earlier standards is that 2022 messaging includes additional detail to help remove ambiguity from the interpretation and processing of these messages. I mean, this is basically referred to as data enrichment. So you hear this with ISO 20022, that it has richer data. Essentially, this means it has additional attributes that can be used by consumers of these messages in their interpretation to make sure that there's no ambiguity in how it's to be uh, addressed. So anyway, this additional data the additional attributes, it improves the processing transparency of the messages, and this assists when you're dealing with areas like reconciliation, settlement, detection of money laundering, detection of fraud, which are becoming more and more <laughs> important. And because of this, because of this additional data and the resolution of ambiguity, quite frankly, there's not a new payment network that's in progress or has been created in recent times that isn't based on ISO 20022. 
So that's what the excitement's about. Yeah, I, I certainly have to agree that, you know, this, this new standard here is, is certainly has many benefits. And, and Jack, as you were really pointing out there, you know, that additional detail to remove a lot of that ambiguity. Geez, that's a tongue twister as well, too. A lot of them in this episode for the, the data enrichment. And you were kind of going into some of some of the use cases at a high level here. But maybe you could kind of dive a little bit further into detail around some of the kind of those use cases and really where that data enrichment really provides um, that additional value that the payments ecosystem as a whole really can benefit from. As I indicated earlier, I mean, 2022, it covers a wide selection of financial service transactions, and that means uh, a broad cross-section of the financial services marketplace. They can use a single standard instead of a multiplicity of different standards. And as noted, the data richness of 22022 messaging, it helps minimize ambiguity in how you process the messages. So you can have high confidence that 2022-based transaction partners can successfully communicate with one another without error. Let me, let me consider a situation that I've run into historically with older standards. My experience, at least in part, has been with ISO 8583, which is a popular uh, card-based transaction protocol that's been in use for decades. And what's happened in, in previous life is that you'll have transaction partners using ISO 20, excuse me, ISO 8583 to communicate. And because of the standard, there'll be data that they want to transmit but there's not really a, a, a data field to support it. So what they'll use is they'll go in and they'll say, well, here's there a data field that I can use that I don't need in which I can place the data I do need. So they'll do that. So between partner A and partner B, you can communicate just fine. If you're going to communicate with some other partner, well, now that you've basically violated the standard, you can't communicate without additional changes. Or even worse, later on, there's a data field that you do want to put in that is accommodated in the, in the messaging standard, but you've already used that field for some other purpose. So in effect, because there's not enough detail that the standard accommodates, and because people need that detail, they'll go off and misuse the protocol and therefore, essentially obviates the, the standards that you're trying to accommodate. So this is one of the things that 2022 addresses because they've really gone in and done an extensive review of all of the processes that the messaging is supporting. And again, they come up with 21, around 21 different categories and with all the messaging that's needed. So it obviates the necessity of trying to override or misuse the protocol. And this is one of the real strengths of 2022. Yeah, th thank you, Jack, for, for really diving into that. I mean, it really, to me, it does paint a very clear picture at that point. I mean, when, when you were speaking there, really the, the visual that was going on in my brain was kind of the, the software back end and kind of thinking about a database and how it goes about and, and you know, processes information that comes into it and it kind of says okay well if there's this field and maybe you know it says hey we're gonna depict or have come in a string um uh, uh, uh you know like a sentence or something like that 
then all of a sudden you're saying, no, 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 I've got to pass through a number. A to B may understand that from partner A to partner B, but then partner C goes, well, no, 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 wait a second. I was expecting something different, and then it kind of disrupts the whole system there. Um, so I, I think that, that the, the visual that you painted was was absolutely fantastic for that. Um, but now, Steve, I do want to get you involved in this conversation here. Maybe perhaps you could give us a little bit of the history around ISO 2022 and its current adoption rate around the world. Sure. Well, let, let's just – Put it this way: Every, you know, the, the the initiatives around ISO 20022 sort of coincide with uh, real-time payment systems, and and that's really taken off in the last six seven years. So we've got probably, I think, up to 60 real-time or real-time payment systems, I guess, around uh, across the globe at this point. The most recent ones are the ones that are just about to be uh, implemented would be in Canada, Peru, Indonesia, Colombia, New Zealand, and that continues. So a lot of the initiatives around real-time immediate payments, you know, ISO 2022 is really the uh, de facto standard. Now, you've also got on the B2B side of things, you've got SWIFT, which is kind of the global uh, banking messaging network. Uh, they are converting over to ISO 20022 for all of their cross-border payment messaging over the uh, next several years. I believe they are planning to have that in place by 2024, um, and they'll run it in parallel to the current standards and then eventually click over to full ISO 20022. And the next generation of UK faster payments, which was one of the first ones, uh, that was implemented back in 2008. The updated version of that is going to be ISO 20022 as well. So now that brings us a little bit up to date. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that that history lesson. Now, Steve, maybe we can kind of also talk about kind of why do you think that there's so much focus around this new standard at the current time? You know, I, I think that Jack kind of brought up that, hey, th this issue of kind of the data ambiguity here, it really kind of has been around for a while and people implementing things maybe that they, they shouldn't have or that kind of breaks or goes against the standard here. So why do you think it's kind of now is the time that we're starting to see a lot of organizations adopt ISO 20022? Uh, you can answer that in a couple of different ways. The first would go back to uh, the earlier points made about data. So if you think about uh, a typical B2B scenario for accounts payable, you've got uh, a lack of, uh, in, in the current scenario, you've got all sorts of disassociated data um, that's uh, that's related to a payment as well as the remittance information. Uh, so with ISO 20022, you've got standard ways and, and deeper uh, amounts of data that are available um, in order to more properly associate that data and, and for easier reconciliation leading to straight through processing. So that would be one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is that the world is kind of moving to uh, sort of faster payment uh, scenarios and demands. Uh, the expectations for both individuals as well as people when they, uh, you know, and this is driven by the pandemic to some extent as well, but employees and their work at home environments and uh, individuals, sort of those expectations are, are, are crossing over and people want things done in real time. So 
You've also got the Bank of International Settlements, which has made recommendations for better cross-border experiences, and that's mostly driven towards remittances for individuals. But there are all sorts of initiatives now underway for cross-border, including P27 in the Nordics. You've got the EBA clearing with SWIFT and the clearinghouse in the USA. Bank of International Settlements, BIS, has got something called Project Nexus. Uh, Singapore and Thailand are doing a cross-border initiative and all sorts of things like this that are utilizing ISO 20022 as, the, as kind of the foundation for all of these efforts. So that's that's kind of where I'd summarize it. Excellent. Th- thank you so much for that there, Steve. Now, Jack, I, I want to get back to you here. So BHMI has some Concourse customers, which Concourse is a product that your organization offers in Europe and Australia that are supporting this ISO 20022 standard. So maybe you can talk about why and how they did this. Well, as Steve indicated, there's not any recent payments network implementation that's not based on ISO 20022. I mean, that's just that's just what you're going to use. But we put in an application in Australia, and we've recently put one in in Portugal as well. As you indicated, we ha- we have a suite of software modules. We call it the Concourse Financial Software Suite. These are back office modules, and we put these things in for Cuscal in Australia and PayShop in Portugal. Cuscal is a major portal company that connects financial institutions in Australia to the Australia New Payment Platform, or NPP, and it supports real-time payments, clearing, and settlement. And because of the reasons that have been indicated previously, the NPP network is based on ISO 20022. PayShop in Portugal operates a countrywide payments network that allows consumers to pay bills to assorted merchants using kiosks. And I think PayShop has around 6,000 merchants signed up to its network in, in country. And the PayShop's network is SEPA-based, single euro payments area-based, which is standard used by just about all contemporary payments networks in the European marketplace. And it's based on ISO 20022. So NPP in Australia has been active since about 2018, and the PayShop network has been in production since, I think, last July. And, you know, just reemphasizing the point, there really isn't a recently developed financial services network that's not based on ISO 20022. So... When these networks that I just alluded to, Cuscal, for example, in Australia and PayShop in Portugal, ISO 20022 was really the only viable option to be considered. And, and it, it fits quite well with us and our product set because our product set supports real-time payments. And as Steve has indicated, ISO 20022 is supportive of real-time payments processing. So ISO 20022 for us is a good fit. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely, absolutely agree with that, Jack. Now, I, I do want to turn our attention here to the U.S. specifically. Now, Steve, you know, in your previous example, you know, you kind of brought up a lot of from a global and cross-border perspective. But maybe you can kind of give us your thoughts on where the U.S. stands as it relates to the adoption of the new standard. Sure. Uh, well, you've got lots of stuff that um, that's already going on and, and other things that will be happening over the next couple of years. So we already know about um, RTP, or real-time payments, which was launched by the Clearinghouse in uh, late 2017. So that is based on ISO 20022. Currently, there's about, I would say, 200 
roughly 200 banks that are connected into the RTP network. Um, and that covers something like 65% of uh, US DDAs. So that's one area. And uh, another one would be if you think about uh, Fedwire and chips, which are the, uh, the two RTGS or wire systems in the US, they're planning to convert over to ISO 2022 as well over the next several years. And I've already mentioned uh, SWIFT, which obviously a lot of U.S. banks utilize in order to uh, connect into wires and cross-border scenarios. Um, so that's that's kind of where it's at at this point. You've also got, in 2023, the expected implementation of the uh, Federal Reserve's real-time payment system called FedNow, which is also going to be ISO 2022. So that's uh, that's kind of where we're at. Excellent. Thank, thank you so much for that there, Steve. Uh, certainly really kind of interesting to see how the United States is certainly progressing along this journey here and as it kind of compares to other countries uh, across the globe. But now, Jack, for our final question here, since BHMI has really helped its customers around the world support ISO 20022 standard, do you have any advice for companies that are looking to adopt this standard? Well, yeah, the advice I would give is to implement ISO 20022 from the get-go. Uh, <laughs> and this is a tractable option for any new financial services network that doesn't have legacy carryover. But then the question arises, well, what about older financial services networks that do have legacy carryover, which is most? So in a perfect world, the older networks, they'd, they'd have a functional layer that converted internal messaging data into forms suitable for communicating with their transaction partners. But unfortunately, this doesn't necessarily happen. In fact, what tends to happen is that older financial services networks and their protocols they use for communicating with external partners, they have tentacles, logical tentacles that stretch into other areas of the application set. So there really is no clear separation or delineation between internal data and external data. So this complicates adopting something like ISO 20022 as a standard. But the good news in, in this particular situation is that ISO 20022, because of the way it was developed, it was designed to functionally support the data in older standards, but do it better with more uh, with more attributes that help resolve any ambiguity associated with interpreting the, the contents of the data by receiving partners. So the approach that you can use, one approach, is to set up an interoperable environment in which you maintain the tentacles from the older standard and within your application, but you map the data elements because there tend to be counterparts in ISO 20022 between your older environment and the 20022 environment for communication, communicating with your external partners that rely on ISO 20022. The one drawback to this is that because there is the additional attribute information available in 2022, this data enrichment that's, that's been noted previously, is that the older standard and your, your application may not maintain these additional attributes that you could communicate to your partner using ISO 2022. So you may not have the additional enriched data for communicating, but you can still interoperate but with limitations so what this this may mean be just fine for some interim period until you could go ahead and implement full iso 2022 capabilities basically live with this for the indefinite future as long as you're willing to live with the limitations so that's 
that's kind of the story with how you, what is going to be involved in trying to implement ISO 20022, both new and older applications. Yeah, Jack, th- thank you so much for that there. And yeah, as you were kind of mentioning that, hey, you can live with the older standard indefinitely. I think, I think I kind of cringe just a little bit, uh, inside just cause, you know, I, I think the payments ecosystem as a whole certainly understands that particularly right now, um, it's going through a bit of an evolution. It, it's not a revolution in the sense of that, hey, um, you know, financial institutions that are running off of the legacy systems. I think a lot of the times when you bring up the rip and replace, they get very scared and kind of a oh, back off and no we're not we're not going to adopt that but i think having that that transition that evolution for it in the time to be able to say okay you could run both in tandem or if you know you're starting from the ground up it's highly recommended that you go with <laughs> Uh, the new formatting standard here. Uh, but there is kind of that middle ground for a little bit, but you know, you do want to move over to that new standard. Um, cause that's the way that, um, kind of the, the future is, is going here. Um, so with that being said, Jack, Steve, thank you so much for taking the time today for speaking to me about all the excitement that's going on around ISO 20022. And I hope to have you both back on the podcast real soon. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate the opportunity. Sure. Thanks. Bye.